we're back again. Gain it for riffs. The only podcast about riffs. How are you doing, Ole? Uh, I got very excited there. Yeah, I'm uh, doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, at the time of recording, it's uh, sunny outside, but I uh, I closed the windows and I made the sound as good as possible. I've heard some people uh, asking where the bird sounds coming from, and uh, actually there are birds just outside the window in the trees. It's uh, some it's a type of bird that's very common here in uh, Amsterdam. It's a parakeet, actually, because uh, a couple of years ago there was uh, someone breeding parakeets. This green, oh yeah. Uh, Papegoyur, and uh, is it like an imported parrot from the days of uh, Indonesia, you know, Dutch India and whatnot? Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Uh, but uh, some guy breeded them, and then uh, he let them go, and they they really no one thought they would make <laughs> it that long, but they really like took over. So they're at the top <laughs> of the food chain, killing all the other uh, birds. So you know what yeah. that makes me think about? It makes me think about this Simpsons episode when uh, when when Bart Simpson is messing with the Australian ecosystem. <laughs> he's like bringing a frog there or something and then there's frogs all over the continent and he has to publicly apologize and he has to be kicked by the giant boot in on his <laughs> on his butt <laughs> publicly okay <laughs> for destroying the ecosystem so that's something you know that's something that could happen to this dutchman <laughs> or maybe not well so the question is what happens when you bring a riff to a new ecosystem do you destroy it mm. or do you uh, uh, enhance it Maybe that's a question for today. Who knows? Yeah, now that ecosystem is going to thrive if it's a good, if it's a good riff. You know, it's not going to ah. take over. It's just <laughs> lift lift the other riffs. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. actually, uh, yeah. And also, full disclosure, I like those birds. They're nice. They don't mm. have to feature in every episode, but they're nice. No, we'll we'll see. Uh, maybe they will die off. Uh, who knows with climate change and everything? Uh, good for the podcast, but bad for the earth. And they probably leave in the winter, right? Fly off to some no, canary. no, no, no. They're they're, they're totally uh, uh, <laughs> locked in with uh, Dutch climate. It's perfect for them. They they just wow. like, They're always uh, hunting. They're always breeding. <laughs> they're always flying around, <laughs> making sounds. It's uh, incredible. All right. Yeah. Let's see if I can lock in with today's rift. Then yeah, mm, excited. This is, uh, like we, we had a previous episode where I had a short night of sleep and I was feeling really good. And this time around, I still had a long night of sleep. I'm probably gonna feel good in a while, but I, I think it takes about ten percent of the amount of hours I've slept until I'm yeah. fully awake. And I don't want to force you to wait for that. So uh, <laughs> let's see if I can lock in. <laughs> it's good that you start today. <laughs> yeah, not with the Dutch climate, but with the just getting going. Okay, right. and it's a very easy riff to guess, anyway. So uh, that's not going to be a problem. Something like this. <clears throat> Ooh, Ace of Spades! Motorhead, nice. You're playing the bass, right? Yeah, I'm playing the bass. Yeah, and it's hard to say who wrote the riff. Is it a Lemmy riff or a fast Eddie Clark riff? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not even sure if actually Lemmy, Lemmy is playing the riff or if it's just staying on that intro um, two-note approach. There. If he's playing that or if he's on the. 
because even after all these years of listening to this song, uh, it's kind of you know smudged together. So I don't know what yeah. is the bass and what is the guitar sometimes. No, it, because, it's a, uh, it as, has I, a really distinct sound that it doesn't sound like any other band. It's uh, really it's strange how they got that sound, uh, and uh, I yeah, like you say, I mean, what where's the guitar? Where does the guitar end and the bass begin? Uh, yeah. yeah. But I guess the riff would be... But also, actually, the intro. It's kind of iconic, right? Yeah, yeah everyone I, knows it. I, I like think it's so. Not, I mean, it's you don't the, even have to be a, a gain of gain it uh, for riffs listener to know that. Like, your grandmother will probably know it. Ace of Spades! It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, but it's so it's iconic and it's also such a such a starter of the song. It's such a good intro because it gets you pumped. Uh, it's really uh, energetic, uh, but then also like yeah, but, but how can they uh, how can they top that? And they have a re- it's a really good uh, melody. Uh, it is, yeah. it is, yeah. And they haven't been able to top it. And in fact, they kind of already did it before. Because if you listen to the song Overkill, mm. it's pretty damn close, right? It's pretty yeah. damn close. Overkill is arguably a better song with that double bass kick uh, hook that it yeah. has, you know, and that kind of epic chords at the end and yeah. the whole concept of them being Overkill, basically, you know, how, how they, they do it too much, too loud or, you know, whatnot, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> the Ace of Spades uh, is almost like a refined version of that, you know, a little yeah. bit more topical, a little bit more, maybe nice, slightly cooler lyrics, in my opinion, and... Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's it's the biggest hit, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, but back to Overkill, just for a second. Doesn't it have a fake yeah. out also in the end that it, the, yeah. the song ends and then it starts again? It's a yeah, two times I think. I believe it's over two times. five minutes long. It's super long. Yeah, yeah. The, the false endings are not clever or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's over and then it's like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, you don't really expect it from... It's fun. I mean, thinking about Motorhead, you expect uh, kind of, yeah, dumb punk rock music with hardcore... Uh, hardcore hard, <laughs> hard rock, heavy rock influences, as yeah, we say. Punk, Sweden. punk. <laughs> no, but... Um, and you're surprised again and again by how intricate and kind of advanced they are. Uh, it's strange. Sure. Uh, I, I have this feeling, at least. Uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I would, uh, to address what we always try and address, um, the, the feeling of the riff. What's the feeling? Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of goes back to uh, my little preface there that I was still semi-asleep. Now I'm not anymore. So the <laughs> feeling of the riff is kind of, wake the fuck up. Yeah, it wakes you up. Something like that. One. It's like, come on! <laughs> you know, if Motrader are on stage, you're not going to sit and ignore it. You're going like, to react to... It's like, it's, it's battery almost, right? Not the song, yeah. but the action. Uh, no, the, the tone is really violent and grotesque, <laughs> the bass tone. Yeah, yeah. And any listener, if you want to adapt the Motred tone, plug into a guitar rig, not up into a bass rig, and uh, do mostly mids, mm. just all mids, and uh, a lot of distortion, and you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lemmy sound. Um, nice. Yeah, how familiar are you with Motred? I don't think we had many like long Motred discussions. Um, uh, no, do you have, have like do you, would you could you produce a top 20 or uh, would you stick with 20. a top 10? Uh, yeah. maybe, but uh, I mean top top 10, uh, yeah, Ace of Space, Overkill. Uh I think a lot of uh, the uh, Overkill album is really a favorite of mine with uh, Metropolis. Um 
and sure. uh, yeah but i think it it might be hard to produce a top 10 even i mean i i don't know if i if i <laughs> if i put so much emphasis on learning the the titles or because they are kind of blending together many of the songs yeah uh, but you have damage case uh, too late yeah. too late uh, yeah i mean it's uh, i was close to going for damage case it's something like uh... something like that it's also mm. very violent sounding <laughs> More of a shuffle type thing there. But uh, yeah, I think uh, a tip if you want to listen to Motorhead for some reason is to listen to uh, uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Mm. Because basically that's the top 10. It's a live you right, album. You have it right there. Yeah, it's right there. The, all the songs on that album is top 10. Mm. You got Metropolis for sure. Uh, my favorite is Capricorn. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very, also from, I think both of those are from Overkill, right? Exactly. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. And then. Um, you got Days of Space. You got the, you got Bomber. You, you got the, the Hammer. Am I? Yeah. Anyway, it's all the good stuff on the one album. Yeah. And then the year after that, they kind of made their first uh, excursion when they switched guitarists to uh, Brian Robertson instead of Fast Eddie. Yeah. And so they you made got... uh, another Perfect Day, which has been kind of like a divisive album. A lot of fans mm. didn't like it. Some love it. I love it. Yeah. And, the uh, Brian Robertson came uh, from Thin Lizzy, right? Yeah, exactly. And he was kind of the, the, the bad boy in Thin Lizzy. Yeah, but he, I mean, you can't, if you're in the, the bad boy in Thin Lizzy, <laughs> you're probably <laughs> not the worst in Motorhead, let's say. No, but still like bad enough or you could, you yeah. could at least speak <laughs> okay. for yourself. I think he, he turned up or something. He, I think he turned up for a gig and wearing ballet shoes, you know, ballet dancer <laughs> shoes. And, uh, and Lemmy was impressed. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy takes no shit. <laughs> Let me dress in this cut-off shorts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But obviously the fans took offense. And then Lemmy has been pretty good at defending his new band members. Like he's been known to kick out VIP fans if they talk shit about the new member. Yeah, he's oh, a very. Like, it, it, he comes off as a really loyal and trustworthy person. Strangely yeah, enough, extremely. I mean, you, extremely. you, if you have, if you're in his corner, he will stick by you. Uh, definitely. Yeah. No, the guys in the band they said like he's a he's a like a heart, heart of gold, but he's also a bastard. Like he will try to <laughs> hit on your girl on your girlfriend in front of you. <laughs> he's gonna try and do that and see because I think he has. If, if I'm not mistaken, he lived under kind of a idea that all all everyone is a bastard. So it's mm. just who's the best bastard. <laughs> that kind of attitude. <laughs> I think he mentioned something like that. Anyway, there's so much material on on Lemmy, right? Yeah, I mean uh, that's maybe where you. I mean, if, if you're, you don't, you don't even have to listen to the music. I mean, he's a very interesting person, and like he says, uh, it's just nice to listen to sit and watch interviews with him on YouTube. I've done that uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah uh, for sure. And he has an interesting story, beginning as a kind of aspiring rocker, you know, wanting mm -hmm. the chicks basically, and then uh, becoming the roadie for uh, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. Doing uh, ooh, a fuck ton of acid, basically, and uh, that uh, was a good period in his life. I think like, he he discovered a lot of um, uh, empathy and things like that along the way. But then he got sick of the hippie culture, as you do, 
And yeah. uh, that's why he left his band uh, Hawkwind, or he was kicked out, I think. He was kicked out. Yeah, it was, it was just left in a city when they were on tour. Uh, they just left him. <laughs> are, you, are you a Hawkwind fan at all? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I like um, uh, Space Wizard, I want to say, but I forget the, uh, <laughs> I forget the title, their the most uh -huh. uh, famous album. Uh, but the, uh, of course, uh, maybe the, most people got to learn Lemmy from Silver Machine, uh, the Hawkwind song, where he was uh, singing yeah. prominently, also hearing his bass. Um, but I don't know, they're, they're a bit... Uh, they're okay. I mean, I like this spacey. They were probably one of the first bands to do this whole space sound and uh, space rock. Yeah, space rock. Yeah. You know, I, I dig them. I have an album, but I rarely listen to it, to be honest. And uh, uh, Silver Machine is what I might put on just to, you know, show someone like, hey, listen to this '60s sounding stuff by Lemmy, because mm -hmm. it has that kind of old school rock and roll uh, that he's always had in his veins. But it's more visible in the beginning, I think, with the the vocal melody and so forth. Yeah, I'm, I want to go back to the riff, and I want to sure. uh, kind of break it down uh, for me and yeah. for the listener, if you can, uh, if you would be so nice. Definitely, definitely. When it starts, you're on the E, and you just uh, go in between that and D under it. So. The rhythm is um, not too easy to to perfect, mm. like. <laughs> slides up at the end <laughs> just with the drums you know it's not yeah i don't think he, you don't have to play that very tight because the emphasis on the slide up is the powerful snare by filthy animal i love that yeah but it's really uh it, i think it's uh, important to get it uh, as fluid as possible that it's not just uh, staccato uh uh, notes that you're hitting because it's uh, it's really like a flowy even though it's not that many chords it's really like flows from chord to chord uh, from note to note and uh, note if you don't manage that it just it just falls flat yeah you can't really palm mute or anything not that you would normally do that on a bass but uh, it really has to be the strings have to fly fly wild so that you get mm. the like you could almost hear it probably now into my talking mic the <laughs> <laughs> Unless I cut that away, the, the, the flapping strings. And then on the continuation of the riff there, the kind of signature move is the... Which is a falling um, fifth. Starts on the, on the perfect fifth. Mm. Falls to the uh, diminished or the minus. And then to a perfect fourth. So it's, it's a classic little move there and you can play it on... A, with the E in the bottom or just the pure notes. I don't know what it does on the bass. You could also take it down to the lowest string, uh, 765. But I don't think he does that. I mean, it sounds too actual bass-like. <laughs> but that's how I would play it. If I was a bass player in a, in a band and I played this song, I would probably play... Uh, that's just comfortable to me. Yeah. Or the guitar. The guitar. It's um yeah it's a cool riff right and it's very easy to explain because that's about it it's dissected now yeah to its bare components yeah I'm very happy with your dissection it uh, looks wonderful on out on the table like that um this album this album I'm not completely familiar with I think it's a lot of filler on it to be honest uh, I I've listened to it through a couple of times but uh, not my favorite Motorhead album. 
not at all actually no it's uh this song is uh lifts the whole thing up i think yeah no but i mean in 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 this case i mean that was enough for this uh for people to buy the album i'm sure it's like hearing this song i mean this is a, like yeah. just chainsaw <laughs> through a toaster sound that you could uh, ask for and then yeah that's uh, true the song is also good i mean the, the lyrics yeah it's about gambling yeah, i wanted to get in very simple yeah, exactly very simple i wanted to get in on the lyrics a little bit actually because mm. i i find them quite nice yeah and uh, like uh, actually lyrics in general for lemmy yeah i'm sure you're familiar with that he made most of his fortune by lyric writing and not only for motred um yeah i i know i don't know it so well so please uh, uh tell me Mama, I'm coming home. Oh, yeah. He, he wrote uh, that one for Ozzy Osbourne. And also, Hellraiser. It's also his lyrics. <laughs> Is That's that two the... big hits. It's two big hits by Ozzy, and they're ah, both yeah. Motred lyrics. Ah, wonderful. Nice. So that's where he made his most money, and he's a great ballad writer. Mm. Mo- many of my favorite Motred songs are ballads, like uh, 1916. Mm. Uh, one more, f- one more fucking time. Uh, what else is there? Uh, I don't believe a word. Uh, dead and gone, or something like that. Uh, Lost in the ozone. There are many good ballads. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm here with the uh, Ace of Spades, trying to find the lyrics here. So I don't own this CD, but if, obviously the first verse we can ad lib. If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. Win some, lose some. All the same to me, and uh, I think that kind of really is really the sentiment of a gambler, right? He's admitting that this might not really work. You know, he's gonna win, he's gonna lose, and he doesn't really care, and he yeah. just wants to play. Later, he says the pleasure is to play, makes no difference what you say. So you know, you could think about someone coming in and telling him, like, actually, do you know that you're only losing doing this? Like, there's no point in doing this, and he's, ah, it doesn't matter what you say. My pleasure is in playing, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a clear depiction of the idea of a gambler from first person's perspective. I mean, you kind of have to uh, also, while uh, listening to the song, you have to uh, picture uh, Lemmy sitting in his favorite bar in Los Angeles, the Rainbow Bar and Grill, playing this uh, uh, slot machine or slot video game like every night. Uh, with his signature boots on, with uh, like looking more Lemmy than Lemmy, and he's sitting there playing. Uh, he doesn't want to be disturbed, but he'll he'll <laughs> he'll be nice to you if you disturb him. Uh, but then he's just playing this game. That was his whole hobby. Yeah, I actually heard he wouldn't be nice to you if you disturb no, okay. him. He would be, he <laughs> would be ag- aggressively unnice to you. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I mean, he was a friendly man, but not when he was disturbed at at that spot. Unless you were a woman. If you were a good-looking woman, he would not uh, be disturbed at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> when he got ill, when he got cancer, uh, he, he, he got diagnosed and he died pretty soon after uh, yeah. from this aggressive cancer. And then uh, they let him take this uh, video game slot machine home. So he played it at home <laughs> until he died. That's very cute. Yeah. That's very cute. He's just standing there. He's probably got the keys <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the money inside of it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. he, what did he say when he got the, the cancer diagnosis? He said, uh, I had a good run. And something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. And he already had diabetes and stuff. And he mm. was like, uh, I mean, uh, Mickey D, the drummer, is a Swede. 
he was the drummer for many many years uh, towards uh, the the late latter half of Motorhead's career and mm. uh, he he did uh, like a, a few couple of radio shows in Sweden and he said like at the end he had been Lemmy's like uh, drinking buddy Lemmy's brother Lemmy's son for a while and then for the last part of the time Lemmy's father Lemmy's father basically like he felt like he was his father for the last 10 or 20 years no 10 years maybe because he was just like come on like eat eat a little bit sleep yeah. a little bit you know Th- think about your health and he was like, and Lemmy would be like oh, well, after the gig I don't like it right now <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it, the, my favorite part of the the lyrics to Ace of Spades is uh, you know I'm born to lose and gambling's for fools but that's the way I like it baby I don't want to live forever and don't forget the Joker. That's of course, yeah. of course, comes. But uh, why I never forget this? I was uh, at a festival 15 years ago, and there was this girl a couple tens uh, away that was playing Ace of Spades on repeat, but only this part. So, <laughs> so it was that uh, you know I'm born to lose and gambling's for fools, but that's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever. Rewind. You know I'm born to lose <laughs> gambling's for fools, but that's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever. Rewind, and then she would do that for a whole afternoon and the whole night, oh, and then she passed out. She woke. Up, she woke you up the next morning with <laughs> continuing the same thing. Whoa. That kind of speaks for how kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm I, sorry for not phrasing myself better here, but that kind of speaks for how retarded some Swedes are when they really party. Like when they really get drunk, we get some of the worst. Like yeah. Some guys could be like, I'm the poo man now. Mm. I only poop. And, you know, they, and they seriously ride this out for like the duration of a festival or playing 10 seconds of a song over and over until you fall asleep. You know, oof, that's crazy. Yeah, the poop man in fam- in Infamously, was uh, this guy apparently with long uh, yellow dreads that hid in the porta potties at the festivals, and he would scare you or something of the like. Uh, very ah. strange uh, behavior. So you have a different story about the poop man because yeah. my story of the poop man. We got uh, two two years in between us, right? Or yeah. three? Yeah. So maybe that's why we have two different legends. Because I mean, my legend is much much worse. Uh, poop man. Climbs into uninhabited tents and poos in them. Ah, okay. Maybe he got the copycat. Very popular uh, uh, behavior. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, sorry, <laughs> Lemmy. That was not what we're going to talk about. Uh... No, 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 no. But anyway, I think we could also return to Lemmy because there's such a wealth of information there. I think one video I'd like to watch maybe in preparation for the next time is that Guts and the Glory when they're just, you know, talking nonsense tall tales. They're not even on on music anymore. Like mm. bar tour tales, tall tales, basically. I think you you showed me that one or linked. Yeah, it maybe. Yeah, but I I recall uh, no the the last thing. I mean, in his last few interviews that he did, or kind of maybe the whole last year of his life, he repeated uh, one anecdote uh, always, like the, as the kind of a ending of the interview. And I think it's so powerful that he because he's, he was so old he remembered uh, what the world was like before rock and roll and he would say uh, well i remember what it was like before little richard uh, before james brown or uh, people were insane they were <laughs> they were insane they were listening to how much is that doggy in the window and then uh, he would sing this song the whole song just to make a point how fucking crazy the world was before rock and roll 
and he says like you should be so grateful that you're born afterwards huh. i think that's really yeah i would i would agree about him uh, yeah i've heard i've heard this uh, i've heard this once maybe i didn't know he repeated it so much but i'm glad he did because i think it's a great way to emphasize on what he knows and yeah like kind of his his trip through life and what it involves involves i think we're almost now in a time after rock and roll though aren't we is it kind of over i don't know what would you say i don't know i I think maybe my riff can answer this uh question Ooh, exciting exciting i I brought out the guitar as well um just gonna quickly play through ace of spades on guitar just for fun so then it sounds a bit like this Girl, I tell you I'm your man You win some, lose some It's all the same to me Yeah, something like that And uh, you and me made a cover of this song A a good while back I thought we could kind of uh, play out the episode By running that one Uh, Definitely, definitely Um, It's... uh, that was great. It was one take in your uh, in your then uh, studio. It was really fun. Yeah, it was in a project studio, and it's uh, it's a very different version of the song, dear, dear listener. So, if you're not gonna hear like a, a poor uh, poor man's version of the original, it's a completely different version. And I play um, all the instruments on it. It's a twelve string acoustic, mm. a bass, uh, percussion on the acoustic, like I drum on the acoustic a little bit, and um, uh, tambourine, and electric, and you sing on yeah. the song. It's, yeah, um, it was fun. Uh, yeah, well, you could um, enjoy it at the end of this episode, I think. Mm. With that said, I think we've concluded the Ace of Spades, and we could head into whatever riff you brought in today. I'm excited. Yeah. As I said, I think there there is a future to rock music, but you have to look in a different place. So That's a cool set of riffs. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually... Uh, have I heard it before? Because it sounded quite new to me. It sounded like maybe a, a song you had written. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's a high praise. Uh, no, it's... Uh, maybe it's interesting to guess if you can guess... Uh, I mean, either you know it or uh, you don't know it because it's not that well known. Can you guess where in the world this uh, song is made? Hmm. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> England, Norway, or Canada? Somehow I feel. <laughs> okay, no, it's uh, if you kind of listen to it, it's it, the the music style 
has a lot of this fluttering uh, thrills. Like, yeah, that, that feels British, British to me. Okay, um, it's uh, I thought it's that was kind of British uh, to do that. Uh, no, uh, it's uh, it's from uh, uh, Sahel uh, region, south of uh, Sahara. Uh, it's okay, uh, right. Tuareg rock or Tuareg uh, type of music. It's uh, played by uh, nomads in the desert. So cool, cool. Uh, so I, oh, I have a band name. Is that the band name? Shit, like. Uh, uh, I've seen this band live. I should know mm. the name. <laughs> this is a rock band, but I'm, maybe it's not even the same. So I'm, I'm gonna let you drop it. You can <laughs> okay. Drop the name. Uh, okay. So uh, it, the artist is uh, Mdo Mokhtar. Uh, Mdo Mokhtar is uh, yeah, he is one guy. So he, this is the from his latest album, uh, where he the first time he had a whole band uh, backing him up. Uh, it came 2019 called Ilana, the creator, and the song is Tarhata Set. And uh, yeah, so he's from, he's from Niger, and he plays uh, Tuareg music. And uh, oh. as I said, it's kind of this uh, nomad uh, Bedouin music, also kind of closely related to uh, Tina Riven and uh, Bob That's Bino, the band maybe. I saw. Yeah. Yeah, that's the band I saw, and they may be a little bit more mainstream uh, in here, in here at least in Sweden. Yeah, no, they, they're pretty well known. They've been going at it since 1979, and uh, I mean, mm -hmm. you can say a lot about them. But they were uh, they were kind of uh, Bedouin uh, warriors uh, that took up the guitar and um, uh, made music instead of fighting. Or I think some of them fought, but. Uh, against the government and uh, uh, it, it needs to be said I mean, we we don't get that political but I think uh, in this context it's nice to know that uh, the Tuareg people who are uh, many different peoples in the southern regions of the Sahara or the Sahel the in between region between the Sahara and the Savannah they um, are uh, uh, yeah, drifting around in the desert, uh, moving from site to site, and they are oppressed by local governments, and sometimes that uh, rises to a revolt. Uh, but now that uh, the focus for many of these uh, old warriors is to play music, like for instance Tina Riven, but Emdo um, uh, Mukhtar, he, he gets, he, he kind of puts the power chord into the Tuareg music, because if if you kind of if you talk about uh, like type of music that they play, I, I okay, I'm not uh, totally the one to speak about this, but I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Uh, so you have. Ah, metal. like a jirabi um, that uh, it has a 3-3-2 pattern uh, which makes it this very uh, kind of like riding a camel I say now without any other knowledge uh, but it's really like it, it has this groove 
Uh, yeah, that uh, Amdo Mokhtar also has. Uh, but he really brought in the power chord into the Tuareg music. So you hear it in this, uh, if you go back to the riff, it really has a, a Western feel to it. And he is really um, uh, inspired by Van Halen and Prince, according to him. But then he also has his first inspiration of who was this old man who had uh, who owned a guitar, who came to the village, who he used to uh, make tea, uh, make tea for and take care of. Uh, just so he could maybe play a little bit on his guitar. Good combo there, like uh, an old uh, original, an old original, and then Eddie Van Halen. I like the combination, you know. Yeah, exactly. good stretch. So you have, you hear, you really hear it in these songs. I think this is kind of where he's going now for this uh, meshing or uh, mashing uh, heavy rock sound with uh, a traditional sound, which I think works extremely well on this album. Um, but to go back to the yeah. riff. Uh, I'll play it again. The main. So you have this kind of walk up. It's really epic chords, right? Yeah. What did you call this genre again? Uh, Tuareg music. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because uh, I, I did visit, I was on the way other side of, of the uh, Sahara, mm. up on the Moroccan side in the Atlas, Atlas region. And yeah. uh, Morocco is also like um, uh, on the same political coin, kind of suppressing uh, West Sahara. Mm. Uh, I guess that's anyway, that's what I've been told. Yeah, um, and then in Morocco they had this uh, Berber, the Berber people, and the yeah. Gnawa music and the Guedra music. Guedra is quite close to Tuareg uh, mm. from the Moroccan Sahara, and uh, um, it's uh, yeah, Guedra or Tuareg they are quite close to each other, and the yeah. Gnawa is often played on these instruments with just three long strings on them, mm. and they're very riffy actually. Yeah, extremely riffy. So I saw that live a couple of times, and they just kind of improvise and sing. And yeah. they improvise and sing over riffs. So it's like, you know. Things like that. Exactly. Very nice music and definitely riffy. Yeah, no, that so, def definitely. I, um, cool choice. Uh, I'm really, uh, it was really e easy for me to get into Tinari Van and um, Do Mokhtar because it's so... Uh, uh, it, it really like it comes from the same. Uh, it, it kind of maybe you, if if you look to his uh, Mdo Mokhtar's uh, past, you can see like how he how he learned to play guitar. Yes, from his uh, from this old man that came, but he didn't have a guitar, so he built one himself from a, a piece of wood and like uh, the break uh, the breaking cables from bicycle. He built uh, a guitar, so he started. That was what he played. And until he was discovered by this Tuareg fan, uh, fantast from uh, Seattle, uh, who uh, who tried to get in contact with him and uh, uh, eventually uh, gave him a left-handed guitar because he was left-handed. So then that was that was the first time he could play uh, a real electric guitar, and he still plays on the same guitar. And very cool. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I mean, if you if you listen to his albums, they're all different. I mean, but they're kind of moving towards this sound now, 
uh, which I like. But the, on the on one of the first ones, it's like totally auto-tuned vocals, and uh, but it's just sound of, kind of the same uh, guitar riffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. that's cool. Yeah, I'd like to add on that. Like he's bringing the power chord in, you say, and he he liked Eddie Van Halen and stuff. But mm. obviously, like from the I did I did quite a bit of music history, and obviously, like rock music entirely is an African genre. Mm. There's like there's no discussion about it. This is it comes from an African um, music tradition. Yeah, the pentatonic scale, mm. the the fifths and the and the fourths is very very uh, african oriented in a way you know like uh, yeah often also without the third so you get uh, an amb ambivalent vibe about if it's major or minor so there i'm not using any minor or major notes there really except for the um the, the seventh which is typically always that in african music is always the the minor seventh uh, and always in rock too right there Whereas uh, Swedish folk music, it would be... Oh, that could work there too. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent here, but what I wanted to say is that uh, this is very much the tradition of... Uh, I mean, when I was in, uh, in high school, we had a very ex exquisite music program on that school, and it was uh, either you did classical, which was European classical, or you did Afro. And Afro yeah. was everything from rock, jazz, uh, soul, blues, funk, hip-hop... Um, uh, reggae even pop okay that was kind of the umbrella for all that all that kind of music and everything we've done in this show basically would would fall under that umbrella in, in, the, in that kind of division that they yeah did. i don't know if they're still doing it or if it's not like politically correct anymore i don't I have no clue but i think it's uh i still refer to to that those styles of music as afro music mm -hmm. yeah but what i mean with bringing back the power chord is that yeah i mean it's it's kind of it 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 doesn't exist like in in this type in this um uh in the artists that we mentioned today i mean they they don't they don't use it in that kind of uh crushing riff sense that in this song you sure, really feel sure. so it's really a different it was easier for me to take to um uh to learn this song like take um find it on the guitar neck than more traditional uh, Tuareg music because it's also in such um, unusual tunings but this one I mean he plays uh, I think he plays an open tuning with a, a capo on the third fret but I mean yeah I could just easily take this out because it's so it has the yeah. western feel to it um, sure no. and obviously yeah, with, with the instruments they use you're right that often you couldn't really do power chords you had to like for example the Gnawa music that I addressed it was all, always only single string yeah so you definitely got, got a point there uh, but going back to his history, he like strangely enough. I mean, he made they made the first um, together with this uh, uh, Tuareg music uh, fan. Uh, they produced the first Tuareg uh, spoken film, feature film, uh, which he, which Madhu Mokhtar also made um, the soundtrack for, and it's a, a kind of. Um, a remake of Purple Rain with Prince. Uh, so in the film, mm -hmm. he, he rides around on a pink motorcycle in the desert and uh, uh, wants to play guitar. But uh, the abusive uh, father, alcoholic father is uh, switched to a pious uh, Muslim father who says that uh, mm -hmm. guitar playing is very bad. And then he has to yeah. kind of 
But that's it maybe it's interesting for um, for this artist because he's uh, he has been throughout his uh, uh, career he's been uh, kind of torn between uh, uh, his uh, traditions of uh, not playing music in this way of you know getting fame or getting girls or uh, his mother was very afraid that he would start drinking beer and become a bad person but um, now I mean just he... look at the other band for today Motorhead she was <laughs> she yeah, had that scare yeah, for a reason she, right she, those guys pretty much lived off amphetamine and and, and, and booze exactly so it's not a, it's not that entirely wrong assumption but exactly uh, but she, he made uh, kind of he kind of made a whole uh, philosophy around it that he plays music because it makes people satisfied as he said and uh, what if that that is a good thing and you know it's not about uh, uh, drinking and uh, taking drugs but uh, yeah I mean it's it's a way of looking at it um, yeah and uh, yeah I mean the, I think this uh, riff has a lot of nice parts and also I wanted to get into his uh, other type of guitar playing because he he plays left-handed um and he plays uh, finger picking as uh yeah, he he <laughs> saw an interview with him and he pointed at the, the interview uh i was actually he was interviewed by dweezil sapa uh frank sapa's son and he was pointing at this uh plectrum or pick like i don't use that <laughs> i was well, so <laughs> what do you use i use my finger and he like he shows that he, he just flaps his uh, index finger over the strings <laughs> super fast yeah. as a, like a alternate picking and it looks uh, extremely cool but also like uh, yeah it's it's weird to think so I'm just gonna try because he, he really also like he shreds he like oh, he yeah. I need to make a con control question he flaps it with this with the nail or with the skin it's a huge difference uh, I think he has or both uh, both I think both okay yeah so it's like can imagine me just flapping my finger vigorously, and it's super difficult. But he does yeah. that, which looks uh, crazy. It's quite nice to flap. I, I do it sometimes, like finger. This is comfortable, I think. But you need a little bit of a nail on that. Finger yeah, too. but I mean, he he has uh, he has this uh, mm. he he has his index finger extended, like his whole arm becomes like a pick. And it just like uh, 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 vibrates. It's over. It looks. Uh, it's not like <laughs> yeah, finger. Definitely picking. like a, a typical self-taught uh, technique. Right? Yeah, exactly. Something uh, very out of the book. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's the Taysan Day of Tuareg music, probably. Taysan <laughs> Day. <Tay Sunday. laughs> no, I miss Taysan Day. <laughs> Chocolate rain. <laughs> I really miss that guy, but he he was kind of a success story. He made like that huge budget video of Chocolate Rain later. Uh huh. Really? Yeah, yeah, because he was so early in with the with early on in with the memes, I guess you know, and with the mm. viral stuff. So he got like a short little career there. Yeah, that's nice. Right. But I was gonna say the Mark Knopfler of of uh, <laughs> <Twari> music. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's maybe a little bit nicer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're both cool. So uh, no, but I I really like. Um, uh, this uh, this also like when I play play the riff. I mean, it's like it's a really fat riff, and it takes me uh, all around, like the all around the strings, and it's quite uh, all over the place. It's uh, and it it, it ne I needed some um, uh, some technique, which I've been practicing also the past few weeks uh, since starting to pull it off. And 
And yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, all about like learning uh, from the ear. Like for me, this song, there's no tabs for it. There's no, uh, hardly any tabs for these uh, bands, uh, which is a shame because it would be nice to yeah. uh, to learn more of this music. Uh, we have famously, uh, <laughs> how do you, how where would you put them? You have a goat from uh, Gothenburg. Um, well, yeah, yeah, they are um, goat. I would say is uh, like um, an, a neo a neo world music type band. Mm. You know, world music is a strange tag as it is. World music, what what the hell would that mean? But no, basically yeah, eth- ethnic exactly. ethnic sounds, which sounds stupid too. There's like there's no cool way to say this, but uh-huh. like ethnic sounds in in the context of maybe a little bit more of a uh, modern rock band or experimental mm. rock band at least. Yeah, very good anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, it's, uh, I recommend it through, through and through. It's yeah. a recommend uh, to go listen to Goat. Like uh, I mean, I think uh, if I would describe the um, Mukta, he's closer to Goat than uh, Tina Riven, definitely. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I uh, love the genre. I mean, I that it came. This came like um, as we say in Swedish, uh, it's a lightning from a clear sky. I w- wasn't expecting any uh, any African tunes anytime soon but i really dig the genre and when i when i went to morocco i bought like a three or four cds of this gnawa music too which is Mm. it's fun to listen to because it's improvised riffing and you know (laughs) it's quite close to my heart and uh yeah it's a cool it's a cool uh continent to really like kind of uh, explore musically because there's so many languages there's so many cultures it's just uh, probably never gonna end you know it doesn't matter if we Mm. continue for the rest of our lives to try and find uh, it's gonna be more out there and then of course, these modern alternatives are easier for us to digest. Yeah, yeah, especially since they're recorded. Uh, I mean, that helps. Uh, yeah, that helps. I think yeah. that one of the first uh, albums that he was um, uh, he was on was something like a compilation of uh, music recorded on Saharan help uh, Saharan cell phones. Uh, so it's really like yeah, it's uh, DIY. Uh, type of music and he always plays he always always plays on his battery driven amplifier that he brings with him so <laughs> he mm, always cool. he excuses himself for having such a um, weak sound but it's necessary because he in in the desert you never know if you're gonna have power or not uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and i mean the weak sound is his sound right yeah, so yeah yeah definitely. i dig that i like that because i've been working a fair bit as a front of house engineer and uh when i like when guitarists come with their own little strange amps I really, I really like that because uh, usually there are, you know, there's there's quite a signature in your sound there with how the how the speaker reacts to your mm-hmm. fingers. Yeah, and I think if you bring your own little amp, you usually sound better than playing on a bigger house amp. And I can mic it up, you know, it doesn't have to be loud. You're gonna have to mic up people's voices on stage, and they're gonna yeah. have to stick out in the mix. So a tiny amp with a battery driven, not a problem. He's welcome to play in any bar I work at any time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but then you uh, you will hear this.
yeah, so I, I was really excited to bring this uh, riff to widen our horizons a bit. I think that's going to happen uh, more and more. Uh, that being said, uh, I think there's uh, cool music. Be yeah, I mean, cool music is being made all across the world. And uh, sometimes uh, we kind of have to broaden the... Broaden uh, our scope. We have to broaden our scope, but also maybe the definition of what a riff is. But then again, here comes Modo Mokhtar with this <laughs> super power riff uh, that will work any day, anyway. So uh, yeah. thanks to him. And I mean, Definitely. please make sure to go see him uh, or Tina Reven or Imarhan or Bombino or any of these bands because they're great. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to blow my own trumpet here, but <laughs> I think we've we've covered quite a bit of ground in, in this show so far. We've yeah. been in Japan, we've been in Canada, we've been in North America, we've been in England, we've been in Scandinavia. Uh, it's a few places already, right? So I think we could cover most 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 of the world, I think we could cover. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's, I think that concludes today's episode. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, very still very excited to do this uh, podcast. I'm practicing so much every week, and I'm getting uh, better and better. I think. Uh, how does it feel for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, same here. It's for me. I, I I like projects once they're kind of up and going. I uh, I find it a bit hard sometimes to get going, and I don't like to quit. <laughs> so <laughs> now this project is definitely on on the rails. Yes, and I dig exactly. that. It's kind of it's actually a little bit effortless. I do practice, but I practice mostly stuff that I, I mean, the, sh the things I do on this show, I, I quickly run through and I practice some other technique, but uh, mostly I'm having fun. So that's nice. good, I guess. That's great. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can really help us out by going to Apple podcast and give us a five star review. Otherwise just keep on listening because we are really enjoying this so far yes and to play us out dear listener i present to you ace of spades by gain it for riffs here we go
Yeah. 